0: Welcome to Digging Deeper. We're so excited you've joined us today as Pastor Sean helps us dig deeper into the Word of God. Now, Pastor Sean. Hey, got no plans Sunday morning? Join us for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. Place of Grace Church. A Place for you. Good evening. Welcome to Wednesdays in the Word. We're going to be continuing our study of Ephesians 3, probably hopefully closing it out tonight so we can get on to 4 next week. Uh, it's been a blessing to be able to teach this book. I love the book of Ephesians. pray it's been a blessing to you. And just kind of give you a quick recap what we've been talking about so far. We've looked at Ephesians 1 where we are talking about God's ultimate plan and the ultimate plan of salvation and the grace that has been given to us and the work that was done on the cross and how we've been adopted and into an inheritance. In chapter 2, we talked about God's way of reconciliation and how he planned to bring those who were dead and make them alive um, through the work of the cross and the work of reconciliation between Jew and Gentile to make us all one body and one mind one accord in jesus we've finished got it going on chapter three where paul kind of gets revealing into that mystery uh god's mystery of reconciliation and jews and gentiles coming together and the mystery of salvation and how we are we are blessed by it and we are part of it and how we can you know uh fill it you know teach it to others um and also principalities and powers, as we talked about last week. And so uh, with that, let's go to Lord in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this night. I thank you for each one today that has joined us. We ask, Lord, that you would open our hearts to receive that, your word today as we dig deep and we learn more about, of you and how to live for you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Ephesians three. We're going to be looking at verses fourteen and fifteen first, and we're going to be talking about how Paul, you know, he's talked now about this mystery this entire time and and um, and what it all means and and the, and how God knew it from the, you know beginning of time and before, but it was revealed to 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 us when He wanted it to be. And here Paul kind of switches up in, in chapter 3, and he he prays in light of that mystery. And so we're going to look at this, and he says this in verse 14 and 15. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Now Paul first he's, he says, for this reason. The basis of Paul's prayer was his knowledge of God's purpose. God Paul knew that there was a purpose involved here. And this means he confidently prayed according to God's will. We can't pray effectively if we don't have some kind of insight to God's purpose and will for our life. We have to be able to say, you know what, I dedicate myself to you. I give myself to live pleasingly unto you. I, 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 I plan to live holy habits. And and Lord, as I pray, let me be my prayer be effective. Let me have insight to Your purpose and Your will for my life. Paul goes on to say, "I bow my knees." Paul prayed in the posture of bowing his knees, on his knees, and this position is the utmost humility of of, of utmost humility, Um, and it was in contrast to you know more of the normal posture to prayer in that culture to pray standing with hands raised up. Um I I know that we talk about you can pray anywhere. You can pray in the shower, you can pray in the car, you can pray anywhere. But I think there's something said about the person who prays on their knees, uh in submission to God. Um bowing, surrendering in complete, you know, that position in itself is a submissive position uh to be on your knees. And so that's what we're doing when we we bow to our knees to pray. We're, we're basically saying, God, here it all is, and I surrender and submit everything to you. And so that's what He did here. Um, you know, we, if you do a study in the Bible, you'll see that Solomon prayed in, on his knees. Ezra prayed on his knees. Um, the Psalmist in Psalms 95 calls us to kneel and when we pray. Uh, Daniel prayed on his knees. Uh, people came to Jesus kneeling on their knees. Now Paul, of course, he prayed on his knees, and and other Christians prayed on their knees uh, in the early church. But even Jesus prayed on his knees, and the Bible has enough prayer, not on the knees, uh, to show us that it isn't required. But it also has enough prayer on the knees to show us that it's good. And again, it's it's one of those things. You know, in your in your devotion time, if you if you feel led to, to bow and to be on your knees in prayer, um, you know, there's no right or wrong way, but it just just kind of shows the submissiveness, the surrender to our God. He goes on to say to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, Paul directed his prayer right to the Father, who is presented as the planner, and remember of this mystery. Um, He is the planner. He is the head of the Trinity. And so he's going right to the Father on this prayer. And um, in the Bible, prayer is usually directed to the the Father through the Son, right? And by the empowering and direction of the Holy Spirit. He goes on to say, From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And remembering that God is, that in all God's family is called after his name. Paul showed that his mind was rather taken with this idea of the essential unity of the body of Christ. See, God is the father of both the Jew and the Gentile. And Paul's just saying, for whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named. This is who I'm praying to, the almighty God who's over all, who, who controls all, and a hint in whose the family is, you know, after his name. Um, verse sixteen goes on to say this, as uh, Paul kind of has introed the he's introed the prayer, and now we're gonna, he goes and prays for the Ephesians. He says that he would grant you, according to the riches of glory, to be strengthened with the might through His Spirit, in the inner man that Christ may dwell in all of your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all fullness of God. There's a lot there. So we break it down. Paul says to be strengthened with might through his, his spirit in the inner man, Paul's praying for the Ephesians here, and he's asking that they would be strengthened with might, and that that strength would be according to the riches of the Holy Spirit. Um, he also prayed that strength would come through the Holy Spirit, and that it would they would put it would be put into their inner man, um, which is like you know, the the soul, the heart of us. Uh, the inner man is just as real as our physical body. And we all understand the importance of strength in the physical body. But many, we, we don't really maybe, they're, they're strong men, strong women, but exceedingly weak inner men and inner women. And so Paul's saying, hey, we need, Lord, I I, I want to pray for these people. I want to pray for these Ephesians that, that through the Holy Spirit, the strength will be put into their inner man. To be able to stand, as we've been talking about even our own services, standing upon the word of God and to be bold for God in a way that we've never been before. Paul goes on to say, according to the riches of his glory. Um, it would be a disgrace to a king or a nobleman to give no more than a tradesman or a, a peasant. God acts up to the dignity of his infinite perfection. He gives accordingly to the riches of his glory. He gives us everything we need. Um, he gives us more than we deserve and we need. And it's all there for your taking. It's all there when you need it. Um, and he is he is, accor- he is always giving by the riches of his glory. God owns it and has everything. You need something tonight and you don't have it. Seek him out. Ask, right? He even says, if you need it, ask it. And um, he, you know, I think sometimes we sell ourselves short. We'd rather bellyache or complain or whine or become depressed because we don't have it. But as Christians, we have this connection, this inheritance. Remember, we talked about in Ephesians 1, that we have an opportunity to come boldly into the throne of God and let our request be known unto God. And he says, ask, and I'll take care of it. I'll give it to you. You know, of course, we're not talking about a Lamborghini, or we're not talking about a million dollars, but your needs. He'll give you the wisdom for a decision you need to make. He'll he will take care of your food. He'll take care of your clothing. And that's what God's saying. I've got it all. Come to me. I'll take care of you. Paul goes on to say that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Paul is asking the Lord. I love this. And we should pray this for our our family, and our in our family in the church, those believers that we know. But Paul is asking that Jesus would live in these believers, even as Jesus, you know, said in John fourteen twenty three. He says, "If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come into him, and we will make our home with him." Paul is asking this basically of Jesus in this prayer. Uh, Lord, dwell in the hearts of these people through their faith. Man, what an awesome prayer to pray. We we should take example of this and pray this into our family and pray this to our, those who don't know and those who do believe that are maybe struggling, that, that he would just live in them. He goes on to say this, that we, we need spiritual strength in this portion, and in, in, in we have to have Christ living in us and amongst us, because there is something in us that resists the influence of the indwelling of Jesus. It's called life. It's called sin. It's called self. And that's something, those three things, those, those things that keep from the influence of indwelling of Jesus into our lives, can be conquered by the Spirit of God, which gives us victory. Of faith, our faith in Jesus Christ allows him to live within us, giving us victory over everything that we face. The problem is we sell ourselves short, we hit a hard time or we hit a difficult situation or somebody says something uh, that hurts our feelings, and we sell ourselves short we, we for whatever reason, our faith in Christ you know well God you know he can't help me in this situation. Jesus lives in us. The Holy Spirit lives in with, the God, the Father lives within us. And we have spiritual strength that we need to start weighing upon as Christians and stop being baby Christians and wimpy Christians and start living in the boldness and the strength that Christ gives us, the victory that Christ gives us through our faith. Paul goes on to say, being rooted and grounded in love. Paul asked that all this would take place as they were rooted, and grounded in love, their very hearts would be rooted in love, and, and this meaning seems to be that they would be rooted and grounded in love for one another, more than being rooted and grounded in love for for you know the God, you know God and the knowledge of love. This was more hey being rooted together in love, and I've i I've, I've talked about this amongst our own church, of how important it is. Uh, as a church, to love one another, to comfort one another as we gather together, to care about one another's needs, to be rooted in that, to to, to get over yourself and to really care about somebody else's needs. And um, so this is what Paul's kind of saying, being rooted and grounded in love um, with one another, but also, of course, we being rooted and grounded in their love for God, and the knowledge of love. But really he's focusing here for that they would learn to be a church united and we love one another. May be able to comprehend with all the saints, he goes on to say. Paul asked in this prayer that, they would, that the Ephesians might be able to understand together in community every dimension of the love of Jesus Christ. Paul wanted them to know it by experience and not just by words. He wanted them to have an encounter with with the Lord, He wanted the Holy Spirit to flood the church, to flood their hearts, to flood their souls. How many times in in church do we ask the Holy Spirit His presence would be would be with us on those services? Every time we meet together, when we're to, when we're alone in our rooms, we just want the presence. We want to we want to know and understand together uh, what the every dimension that the love of Jesus can give. What, what an amazing prayer this is that Paul's praying, that we ought to be praying for one another. He goes on to say, what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height? This means simply that the love of Jesus has dimensions and that it can be measured, right? Um, it, it can be measured by as far as you go or as low as you go. Or as wide as you go, the love of Jesus is there. Uh, again, I'm reminded of Psalms where it says, if I go here, you're there. If I go there, you're here. We cannot get away from the love of Jesus. And, and so Paul's basically just saying, I want the Ephesians, I want them to know, Lord, your love with, that has unboundless dimensions this way, this way, this way, this way. He goes on to say this, that, you know, um, to know the love of Christ. Paul wrote something that that we can know. It isn't speculation. It's not guesswork. It's not emotion or feelings. This is something to know, the love of Christ. It is something we can know. We can uh, encounter. We can have on a daily basis. Um. It's not religion, right? Uh, it's a matter of belief in accepting by faith. It's not knowledge, but it's it's complete and utter surrender. And when you, we surrender, we receive that love that no human being can give. We know what it means to love one another. We know what it means to love our spouse, our kids. But the, the grace and the mercy and the love of Jesus Christ is unconditional. It doesn't matter whether you accept it or not. He still loves you. It doesn't matter what, what, what you have done in a, in a negative light, in a sinful way. The love is still there. The love of Jesus is always there. And, and Paul is saying, I want them to know and to come together in community and to gather together as one. And I want them to know the love of Christ. Not guess it, not speculate it, not just feel it. I want them to know it, to actually know it. Verse 20 goes on to say this Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, be glory in the church by Christ Jesus. To all generations, forever and ever, Amen. Love this verse. It's a very well-known verse, and Paul says, "Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think." As Paul's coming to the kind of the, the the finishing point of all this, he he finishes it off on this great height, right? Um, what can there be any higher? Than the fullness of God. Um, is it logical to ask, you know, how this could ever be? You know, and, and Paul's basically just saying, how can can something so far above um, and so far amazing, you know, so amazing um happen? Well, because God can do the exceedingly abundant. The very God that we are praying to, that Paul is talking to. It can only happen because God is able to do far beyond what we ask or think. God already knows what we're going to pray before we pray. He already knows your heart probably even better than you know your heart. And so he closes this out and saying, To the Lord, to the God, to my God, who's able to do exceedingly above any and everything that I would ever be able to ask him for, or think of, for that matter. This is who I'm talking to. It's a praise. It's it's, a, it's an honor. It's a, it's a lifting out to uh, to God, a glory to God, saying to you, Lord, who are able. You you could ask for every good thing that you've ever experienced. God can do that above. You can think of or imagine things beyond your experience. God can do above that. You can imagine good things that are beyond your ability to name. And God can go above that. He can go above any and everything you could ask and think. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty awesome. He finishes off here according to the power that works in us. God is able to do this in our life now, not just beginning when we get to heaven. This power is working in us today, now. And we need to learn to tap into it, Christian. We need to to assume and, and, and just really dig in there and get the power. Learn the love of Christ and get this power that now works in us. Start working, start living, start walking in this power to which we have through Jesus Christ. The things Paul prayed for in the previous verses is the spiritual strength, the indwelling of Jesus, you know, the knowledge of God's love and the fullness of God uh, belongs to us as children of God, but they must be received by believing prayer, by faith, and then can be furthered in the lives of others when when we when we're praying for them. That's the power of prayer. That's the power. We indwell all of this in us and then we pray for them and that power, you know, goes to them, over them. We need to start walking in this power. Paul finishes off, to him be the glory in the church by Jesus Christ. The only fitting response to the closing of this prayer is is this, this great God is to give him glory. Especially in the church, in the company of believers, when we come together, that's what we worship for. That's what we have a worship service for, is to come together as one mind, one accord, and one body. And we lift up our praises to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And some Sunday mornings, maybe we don't feel like it. Well, we need to get over our feeling because God deserves all the honor. He deserves all the glory. He deserves all the praise no matter where you're at in your life. Because remember, he's he can do exceedingly abundantly everything you ask and think. And we need to start praising our God for our lives. We need to start praising him and receive the glory that Paul says throughout all ages world. You know, throughout all ages. Deserves all the glory and honor. From us, when the church understands this and walks in God's eternal purpose, God will be glorified, and the church will fulfill its complete and duty of just simply glorifying God and what it does. Ministry is to be glorifying God, not man. Witnessing is glorifying God, not man. Leading worship is glorifying God, not man, and we need to understand that everything we do in life needs to bring glory and honor to our Father. Everything we we speak needs to bring glory and honor to our father, so well, that's kind of that's kind of overdoing it no again, remember what we spoke about even in our past messages about you know being whole, living wholeheartedly to God wholeheartedly means one hundred percent, not half-hearted. And we need to dedicate ourselves to our God. We need to live to please him. We need to live holy as he is holy. And pray for strength for those temptations that come along to overcome them. We need to know about the power that Paul talks about in this scripture. And walk in that power. And walk in that victory. Let's start being mighty Christians for the Lord. And start attacking the front line of the enemy. With a prayer like this over the Ephesians that Paul prayed, this should be our prayer over our church, over your church, and over your life and over your families. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I thank you for your word. And I thank you, Father, for the encouraging words of Paul in this prayer. Father, that we would learn and know the love of Christ. That we would know we are loved despite who we are because of the mighty grace and mercy and love of you. Father, that we would be full of your love, that we would share your love with others. Lord, that we would pray over our families and bless them with the power that is within us, that is living and dwelling in us, and pray for salvation for our family. Pray for those who believe that they would know the same love that we know. And Father, we know that anything we ask or think you can do above and above exceedingly above. But let us ask according to your will and your purpose in our lives, that we might bring glory to you, that is what this is all about, that we might bring honor and praise to you, mighty King. I give you honor and I give you praise. I pray for each one's needs tonight that you would meet them and supply the needs that they have in their lives. its health lord minister to their bodies if its finances minister to them lord god and give them wisdom whatever it may be relationship father just minister your guidance and your direction and your wisdom to them and we'll forever give you honor and praise in jesus precious name amen and amen We hope you've enjoyed today's word. Join us next week as Pastor Sean helps us dig deeper into the word of God. God bless.